Ladies and gentlemen, as part of the Jeremiah Show, welcome to It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. Now here's the host of the show, a man who once heard sports legend Harry Callis say about him, who the f*** is Tim Stack? It's TV's Tim Stack. Yay me! Once again, yay me! Welcome to It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. Uh... Have a great show this week and a great guest. I'll quickly tell you the Harry Callis story because it was pretty crazy. So I was doing this show on Fox called Parker Lewis Can't Lose, and the Phillies were in town, and a friend of mine, Norman Steinberg, great writer who wrote uh, uh, Blazing Saddles and My Favorite Year, said, do you want to go to the game? So I said, great, yeah, let's go to the game, see the Phillies. And uh, then I told the guy at Fox, the publicist, um, I said, hey, I'm going to the Phillies game. Would the Phillies want to interview me? And this was for my friends back home because I knew they watched the Phillies game. It's like, well, how, Tim, oh my God, he's, he's at the Dodger game and he's getting interviewed and my friends at home would love it. So they set it up and they say, go up to this booth between the second and third inning. And so I go up to the booth and I get there and I introduce myself to the producer. He said, hold on. He's got Mark Harmon in there right now. And then when he's done, at the end of the inning, you'll go in. So I'm hearing Harry Callis, and he's amazing. He's calling the game and interviewing Mark Harmon. He's saying things like, uh, uh, Dickie Thon takes a pitch inside, 2-0. and So, Mark, tell us about your show, because he's got this voice that Andrew, my guest, who you'll hear in a second, can do a lot better than me. So uh, so the interview finishes, and then I see, and Mark Harmon comes out. He walks right by me. We nod to each other. And then the producer goes in, and I can see him. Harry's around the corner, but I can see and hear the producer say, okay, our next guest is Tim Stack. And that's when I hear Harry Callis in that voice say, he's yelling, who the F is Tim Stack? Am I doing a GD talk show or calling a GD effing baseball game? And the producer, I can see him waving like, he's right there. And so then Harry <laughs> Callis calms down. Anyway, he had me on the show. He couldn't have been nicer. But it was one of those moments I so wish I had recorded it to hear Harry Callis say, who the F is Tim Stack? Anyway. With that in mind, let me introduce another. And also, Harry Callis was the voice of the Phillies, but he was the second voice of NFL films. The first voice, for you people in Philadelphia listening, was John Facenda, the great Channel 10 newsman who they brought in, because it was all done out of Philly, NFL films. Anyway, forgot to mention that. My guest, let's uh, let's introduce him with that clip, Dr. D. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. For bundling made easy, go to Geico.com. There's an easier way to save. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. It's unbelievable. You've heard this guy's voice. I mean, you hear it five times a day, at least. Doesn't matter what news channel you watch. Doesn't matter what sports or bad reality show. You hear this guy five times a day. Anyway, he's on the show. Uh, Please welcome. I Actually, I wrote an intro. He's a former Canadian. Not really. Uh, I want to talk about that. But he's now a producer and a legendary voiceover guy. I think he kicked it out of the park by having this wonderful life that he's got now, which we're going to talk about. Anyway, he's also a really, really good golfer, and I want to talk about that. Please welcome Andrew Anthony. Yay! Listen to that roar. Oh, my God. I feel like my applause was a little bit louder than yours, Tim. I don't know. I try to do that for the guests. 
<laughs> it really makes Listen, it... I got my own callous story. You want to hear it? Yeah, I love a my Harry Callis story. Callis moment uh, was when the Toronto Blue Jays were playing in the World Series in uh, 93, I yes. think it was. And uh, Mitch Wild Thing Williams served up a meatball. Yes. That Joe Carter parked in the stands about five rows from where I was sitting. Really? You were at right there? It was the left field bleachers, right? Sort of? Left field bleachers. I was sitting right there. Uh, that ball went out. The city went mad. Yes. And uh, Callis had to announce it. That ball is out of here. And and that ball is out of here. Two World Series, uh, 92 and 93, two yeah. World Series went to Toronto. And I know that for Americans, it's like it just never happened. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, the, 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 the trophy has never been off American soil. Since. Same thing with the uh, the Raptors. It's like they win a championship and, and it's like nobody remembers them. And that was a great team. That was a great team. We had uh, we had Kawhi when he actually yes. uh, decided he wanted to play basketball. He wasn't uh, load managing quite as a. By the way, I've spent I've had an entire life of load managing, so I know how <laughs> I know how painful putting in those two hour days can be for Kawhi. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Let's lead us to that topic because I really think, like you, and deservedly, there's a reason why it all works, and part of it is your voice. Part of it is the way you read these things. Um, but I, I have to ask the question, what horrible past life did you have <laughs> that enabled you to have this life today? Because it's, it's just great. I got, I got to tell you, this is, uh, I am a, I'm a prime example of uh, falling into a career <laughs> and being priced out of ever having to do hard work again in your life. That's so, so funny. Tell us uh, how it happened, because you told me once on the golf course, and it, it really is interesting. So you're you're correct. I am. Uh, I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada, and uh, went to school there. Fell into an advertising career because I'm I'm of the age where uh, you know you in high school you would go in there and your guidance counselor would like shake a magic eight ball or something and say you should be blah packing bags at the local uh whole foods or something <laughs> i got nothing good out of it and i i fell into advertising as sort of a last resort and um had a really really low level job this is did you go to college up there yeah i went to i went to college at york university in toronto uh -huh. got a degree got out and there was no jobs it was 1989 there was a session and a temp agency sent me uh to work as a clerk at shiat day oh that's a big um, agency yeah, big agency out of Los Angeles. They'd open an office in Toronto. I wander over there and I'm like, well, this looks this looks good. Um, I've been working there for two months at a very uh, menial job in the media department. It's a lot of math. And uh, it, it was way over my head already. I knew that much. Um, and one night I'm working late because I could not get the job done nine to five. I, I was so slow on the uptake. And it was a menial was probably, job that you couldn't yeah, get done. I was done. terrible at it. It was, um, it was eight in the evening and a creative director, a creative director named Marty Cook from, uh, the New York shy day office was in because we were pitching the Nissan Canada business. Right. And he'd come up with a campaign. So I'm sitting in my little cubicle. 
you know, my four by four foot cubicle. Right. And right across with the hall. a couple hall of bad me, Polaroids with. Uh, yeah, yeah, just thumbtacks. terrible. <laughs> just, you know it. You yeah. know it because you've been there. Yes, I have. So I'm sitting in that cubicle at 8 p.m. I'm the only one in the office and Marty's in the studio, this little closet studio right across from me. Yeah. And his voiceover to lay down guide tracks for his big Nissan campaign does not show up. So really? he yells out the door. Is there anybody there? And I squeak, yeah, I'm I'm still here, Mr. Cook. Who can read? And he, yeah, can you read? Yes, I can read. So I go into that booth. He calls me in there. I go into the booth. I lay down a bunch of lines. I'm losing my mind. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done it before. But I read for, um, I think there was eight different commercials. It was back in the day when Nissan did the whole... Uh, the new Nissan Altima built for the human race. You know, that was sort of their tagline throughout yeah. the eighties and nineties. Yeah. I read it. Marty is thinking nothing of me after that. Right. right? He doesn't even remember my name. Right. He, he takes that campaign down to New York. He pitches it. They love it. They go over to Japan to pitch the Nissan head office people. They say, we love the campaign, but mostly we love this amazing voiceover that you found. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. We're going to get a real voiceover. Yeah. That's just some kid from the office that we scraped up. And I guess, I don't know if it was a language translation or something, but the Nissan people said, no, that's our guy. We like so Marty guy. comes back a week later. I'm still trying to do my job at 8 p.m. <laughs> and uh, he How says, this pencil you're, the new, you're the new voiceover of Nissan for the whole world. And I said, what does that mean? And he's like, you got to come into the booth. You got to re-record these in a professional studio. I do it. Long story short. Six months later, a uh, a check shows up at my home. I've got this crappy little three hundred dollar a month apartment. Right. I'm, I'm, Are you uh, still working my, at the agency? Yeah, I'm working at the agency as a, a junior media buyer. Right. A, uh, I'm making seventeen five a year, and I am <laughs> killing it. By the way, right. I am stretching that seventeen five so it feels like right. eighteen five. I'm killing it. Uh, a check shows up six months later, and it is half my year salary. Wow. And I didn't cash it for three months because I thought it was one of those mistakes, you know, where the IRS sends you your cash, right. your tax refund, and it's $6 billion right. in your life. Can I get away with this? So I didn't <laughs> cash it. And then the talent agency calls me and says, why is cash this the check? check not cashed? And I said, because it's a mistake. And they said, no, that's what you make in voiceovers. I made half of my year's salary in one little recording and i thought oh this is going to be great but it's it felt you know tim it felt so and you've experienced this on your side in front of the camera it felt so transient that i kept my real job for another 12 years oh I was no doing I, I get that completely i get yeah. that completely i thought anything that comes that you know easily is going to go away just as easy right, right? So I kept my, I kept writing commercials, you know, I eventually made it into a creative department, which is what I really wanted. And I kept writing commercials. I for didn't Coca know that. I thought you immediately left then. You kept working. No, no. For I became a creative director. And, I was working and in And what London were some of the ads worked, you worked on? What were some of, like, I worked that uh, you were on I did, the creative did, side, not the voice side. Yeah. On the creative side, I, I was doing, at the time I was, I was, uh, Creative director on Coca-Cola, uh, General Motors, Molson. It's Canada, right? right. So you you do you everything. They hire, I know you got Molson like, as, as a client. Yeah, yeah. So I was doing beer. I was doing all the usual stuff. But on the side, I would run out every lunch 
and record for all these others. I, it was like overnight, I became this, uh, this everyday guy voice, you know, like, right. oh, we need a, because prior to, prior to this, every voiceover was, you know, the big guy, the, uh, we used to, we used to say that guy's got a voice deeper than whale poop, no. you know, <laughs> right. And he, and every commercial would be come on in and buy the new lazy boy Naga hide recliner. Right. Right. Those guys, I, we've I, talked I about this that. because I remember I did never did well at commercials. I got one commercial for like Continental Airlines and, and Miller Extra Light. There's a product yeah. that never got released. Um, <laughs> and so I never did well, but I used to go on commercial auditions and I would see the voiceover guys like Ernie right. Anderson, you know, on yes. this week on ABC and, and right. Dick Tufeld, who we ended up bringing in for Son of the Beach because we liked his voice so much. Right. Those guys, they didn't just smoke cigarettes. They ate cigarettes. Right, right, to right. To keep that voice. But yeah. you don't have, you have, you have that voice without the thing you were just talking about. Right. The uh, Percy Rodriguez coming <laughs> to a theater near you in a world. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Now that's a, I never had that. You know, I have a range. I have a range uh, that's about that wide. You know, it's uh, it's what? an inch wide. That's, <laughs> it, this is just what I do. I'll do. I'm I'm always a brand guy. You know, I'm the uh, EA Sports. <laughs> it's in the game. So I'm the tag or the uh, one fifteen minute call Geico sort of lines. But that's but but people know when they come to me. <laughs> don't expect me to do anything different, right? Because I do one thing. It's so, so funny. You know, you'll like this story because you live in Santa Barbara, like, and and I once ran into John. Did you ever run into Jonathan Winters in Santa Barbara at all? I never got to meet the man, but he's a personal hero of mine. So you would have, then you'll love the story because I talked to him on the street and I, I said, "Oh, Mr. Winters, I'm just so pleased to meet you." And blah, blah, blah. an hour later, he, he talked for an hour. Yeah, and ninety percent of what he said was insane. Right. 9% of it was as funny as anything I've ever heard. And 1% was really interesting and brilliant. And one of the things he said to me was, which I was astounded by, if I had to do it all over again, I would do one thing. And that's sort of what you do is one thing. Yeah. And it clearly yeah. works. But coming yeah. from Jonathan Winters, it's like, whoa, oh my gosh. Wow. Um, God, I feel I feel like I was John or w Jonathan Winters before Jonathan Winters with Jonathan Winters. <laughs> I've been doing it inadvertently yeah. for 30 years. So, you know, that the, the interesting thing, Tim, is that uh, within one week of so I did the Nissan thing then I started doing a bunch of chocolate bars and beers and everything. And then one within one week, within like about three months from doing after doing the, the Nissan thing. I landed Geico and EA Sports. So I've been doing both of those voices for over 30 years. Oh, my gosh. It doesn't happen. I, when I was a kid, do you remember the guy? You remember Green Giant, all the, sure. the corn, and the, the giblets or whatever yeah. the heck they have in those cans? And you remember the guy that did the uh, ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Green Giant. Yeah. And I remember when I was a kid, because I watched a lot of TV, because I had absentee parents. Like, you know, they <laughs> sat me in front of a TV and they thought I was fine for eight hours. Um, but I would hear these commercials with this guy. And I remember reading that that guy did that voiceover from, you know, like from the Second World War for the next 40 years. And that's how he made a living. Yeah. And I thought, 
those are the greatest jobs in the world. Like, I have no idea how someone will get that job. And that's right. never going to happen to me, clearly. But now, 30 years later, I feel like, oh, my God, I'm the ho, ho, ho guy. <laughs> but it really is. It's like an old Busby Berkeley movie. The fact that the guy doesn't show up and the office right. guy gets the job. And 30 yeah. years later, he's, no. you know, anyway. Uh, we're going to take our first break. I'm talking to Andrew Anthony, the voice of Geico and EA Sports and and uh, I'll plug uh, the sh my show Sprung on Amazon Freebie if you haven't watched it. Really, really fun. And you can follow me on Twitter at uh, TV's Tim Stack. We're going to take our break. You're listening to It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Tim Stack from It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack asking you to watch the show Sprung on Freebie, Amazon's new free channel. I promise you it's funny it's got heart and my shoulder appears in episode three. My name is Andrew Anthony and I am the voice of EA Sports. Today I have been asked to conduct a short tutorial on the correct pronunciation, inflection, intonation, and delivery of the line EA Sports. Now I know you've got a lot to cover today, so I'll keep this short. <laughs> uh, talking to Andrew Anthony, uh, the voice of EA Sports and Geico, um, when I was doing my, uh, I do about six minutes of research for this podcast Yeah, on a busy week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I did find two other Andrew Anthony's. Have you ever, uh, and oh, also no, one Canadian. I know about these guys. There's a journalist from the UK, right? Yes. Yes. There's a serious journalist uh, from the UK. And then there's an Andrew Anthony, and I assume this was you, and I'm starting, before I looked at the picture, I'm starting to write down like, well, I didn't know he was of Irish and Basque descent. Uh, <laughs> who knew it? Anyway, there's an there's a Canadian actor, Andrew Anthony, from Etobicoke, Ontario? Etobicoke. Etobicoke. Did you say Etobicoke? Yeah, Etobicoke. Wow. That's how it's <laughs> That's read. So That's how close. I'm looking at it. Etobicoke. 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 Or maybe I said that like in the 80s. Had a bit Coke, which is another way. You got any Coke? No, I just can't say that. Atta <laughs> boy. Um, so listen, I, there's a third Andrew Anthony that you don't know about because I know that when I was trying to get back into Canada at one point, there's apparently a serial killer in Calgary named Andrew Anthony. Of and course there is. And they did a <laughs> cavity search on me at the U.S.-Canada border because they thought I might be that guy, too. <laughs> no, so no, I'm the guy with the voice, and you have to do EA Sports. <laughs> Just to get in there. How many people come up to you, like, when they realize who you are, do they ask you to say it? Yeah. Like, I'm no, especially constantly. sports kid people. Just, come on, say it. Dude, yeah. you got to say it. I do it. I do it all the time. I love doing it. That's I love so nice how kids you. respond, even though their parents look at me like I ruined their entire college educations. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, the, the parents are, are disgusted with me, but the kids are very happy to meet me. Um, I've got a funny EA sports story. So yeah. it's so, you know, when I started doing EA sports, they, they were they were slightly bigger than seven guys in a garage. You know, they were they were an up and coming challenger brand and right. they wanted to establish this brand. So I was part of the team that was creating this brand. Um, we get her going. That's so Canadian, isn't it? We give her. 
we get her going <laughs> right it's... and then uh, it's about we're about three years in and uh video gaming has become so massive that ea sports is now the 11th most recognized brand in america we're is talking really? coca-cola you know and and uh, general motors and all the big guys and the beers and ea sports is now number 11 so it's a big deal so uh the folks at ea come to me and they said we should finally put you under contract or something you know because this seems to be going well you're now our brand and they said uh we're going to do a little focus group testing first uh, and they do some focus group testing like they did back in the day where they would get a bunch of kids who were gamers in a room and they would show them a they tear out a bunch of images from magazines yeah and they would say let's put together a collage of the ea sports guy right who is this guy that's the voice of his sports brand they do it and they end up with uh he's a six foot four and a half uh african-american guy bald head on the back of a harley <laughs> i'm a five foot ten inch little white canadian right. boy they immediately wrote into my contract you can't tell anyone you're the voice of ea sports oh so God. for the next 20 years i was the invisible man because they, they wanted that black guy on the harley oh i, I wanted to be that black guy oh, on the harley I, so bad i get that oh. um so I'm, I'm i'm still fascinated by the temp track partly because i love like, I get that. I get, like, one of the guys on Son of the Beach used to do voiceovers, and he would put right. them in with just like, well, just, that's funnier than casting somebody. And I'm a big, I love uh, songwriter demos. Like, Carol King's demo of Pleasant Valley Sunday is so much better than the Monkees. Yeah. You know, their act, the one, the 45 went out. So I'm, I'm just fascinated by that, that it all worked out. It's just crazy great. I know. 30 years later, and I'm, I'm hanging out with the likes of Tim Stack. <laughs> so on the, on the, let's talk about Geico because that one, yeah. I'm, I'm not a gamer, so I don't hear, but I hear the commercials, but Geico, right. I hear all the time. And part yeah. of it is because the commercials, I love the commercials. I think they're right. so funny. And yep. I think the progressive too, I, I know Stephanie Courtney a little bit from the groundlings flow. I'm jumping yeah. around here, but, um, I did want to ask you, when did insurance commercials get funny? Like, and I think I it started with it's, Geico. Well, you know, there was a there was a definite shift in advertising in the uh, in the nineties when they figured out that consumers the consumers suddenly had the ability to fast forward through commercials, right? Right. You could tape them on your whatever your VHS, whatever, and you could fast forward through the commercials. So they said, "Oh my God, we've got to actually try now. We've got to entertain people." <laughs> and I know you can't just show the product and have a voiceover. Have yeah. the jolly so they green started, giant. They, yeah, they started hiring people like you, Tim, to write these commercials. They said, "Get me comedy writers. Get me people that know how to engage someone, and they need and they need someone that needs to do it in thirty or sixty seconds." That's you know, as a writer, that's the difficult part. There's yes. two things difficult about writing. There's writing on someone else's clock because everybody's funny when they have a funny moment at home, you know, and they have a funny thought or do a funny thing. But when you're getting paid to do that and they say, by tomorrow, Tim, I need five script treatments and they better be funny. That's when it's, that's when the rubber hits the road and you fall back on your craft. <laughs> um, but the, um, the uh what, what, what the hell was i saying we're Tim? talking I'm about sorry. the, the like commercials getting funny especially insurance commercials 
Yeah. So insurance, figure that out. Insurance is what we call in the business a uh, parity product. So it's the equivalent of uh, Coke and Pepsi or both bubbly brown colas, right? right? Uh, jeans are all, you know, I don't know what you were when you were a kid. You were, but I, I can guarantee you either wore Lee, Levi's or Wranglers. Yes. Because those are parody products, and right? Maybe, we all, and maybe I still do. You, I don't, I don't even think you have pants on, but, but that's another story for another time. Um, that's our late night podcast. So anyway, insurance figured out this formula where, you know, we're not an exciting, we're not an exciting advertiser, right? We sell one of the most boring, uh, financial products out there, but we need to brand ourselves. And we figured out that for every dollar that we throw at advertising, we make $10 back in in sales right right? um so they started it it started this thing where the work was getting better and better and better geico hired an agency in virginia called the martin agency who were just killing it creative people they just had their finger on the pulse and they said uh and coincidentally warren buffett had bought the company so warren's not a dumb guy no he's not probably heard of him um tim stack (laughs) warren buffett yeah Donald Trump. We pal around. The, the legends. Um, so they uh, they start doing much funnier, much better advertising, and everybody's got to follow suit. So right, you I end see. up with a you end up with a progressive hiring, uh, you know, flow. And she does. She's fantastic. She writes all that work. She. Yeah, I know a bunch of those people there. I mean, they all came yeah. out of the groundlings where I came out of. And so, yeah. um, you know, yeah, but the guy I don't like is the guy with the ostrich. Like, I don't get that guy. Uh, you know what? You know what happens there? They look around. I've been in those creative rooms where someone looks around a creative person and says, hey, you know what? Uh, Geico's killing it with that gecko. And all that is is a misspelling of their actual, actual corporate name. Geico stands for Government Employees Insurance Company. But we got a mascot. We've got a gecko and he's killing it. So they're like, what do we got? And it's like Liberty Mutual, L-I-M-U, Limu rhymes with emu. Let's get an emu. Oh, my it's gosh. Like, you do know that emus don't have lips or like, like they've got no expression at all. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't like to be pejorative. No, I, I understand. I understand. I'm allowed to say that because I just, yeah. I, I, but I really do like people will say to me like, Oh, I can only stream television because of commercials. I, I love commercials. I think they're, I? first of all, as a writer, though that's a whole other topic. It's like you get to write to an act break. You know you have a certain page count. You got to hit yeah. something either really funny or really dramatic at this point. Right. So that gives you something to write towards. That's a, one reason I like commercials. I also find them wildly entertaining, and I look forward to them as a break from what I'm watching, but also so many of them are really creative and I, I just appreciate it. So how are we doing on time on this segment, Dr. D? So in a week or a month or, or like, how often do you get, okay, get on the mic. We've got X number of commercials to record. Well, you know, I, so, so the, the beauty of this, this gig is that uh, after 30 hard years of slogging, slogging away in the voiceover business yeah <laughs> i uh i've got a i've got a little closet studio right behind me uh uh just a you know it's a typical where you would hang coats right but i uh but you just put some baffling up and you get a computer and a microphone and a mixer and suddenly you've got a studio so so 
I, you know, I walked from the, the kitchen yeah. uh, to the studio and I probably, I, I do some other clients as well. I don't just do guy, Geico and DA, but they're, they're the biggest, but right. I'm going to say that I'm in there recording, recording maybe two hours a week. Wow. I know. I know. But when Geico calls, how many will they send you? They'll send out, the, the, Geico does a, the, Geico does a lot of work. They probably do. I'm going to guesstimate that they do at least 15 campaigns a year. So, so, uh, they will call me, you know, once every couple of weeks and say, we've got a new campaign for bundling or, or the boat insurance or the right. motorcycle insurance has come up and they'll fire through, um, you know, five or six scripts. Uh, it's helpful that I worked in the business. So, um, part of the only reason say, I think yeah, I've, I've I yeah, part of, the, part of the only reason I've lasted as a voiceover is because I can count to 15 and 30 in my head. <laughs> um, I never run long. Uh, I'm pretty quick. I know that these creatives are in a studio somewhere in New York, and all they're thinking about is whether they're going to have pad thai or chicken fingers for lunch. Right. But they want to get there in a hurry, right? So they're like, <laughs> oh, the good thing about this uh, Andrew Anthony guy is this will be over in five minutes. <laughs> so, so I try and keep it clean and I try and keep it fast and get them off to lunch. And, and at this point, like when you get a line of copy, are you giving them how many takes of a line? It, it depends, you know, like uh, EA sports is a very, very specific thing. So, and typically for EA sports, I'm just reading all the titles. So that would be um, Madden NFL 2023 madden nfl 2024 you know it's right it's um it's 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 just that that thing but are so, you ever doing this is the obligatory actor in me are you ever doing madden 2024 <laughs> yeah that's what i'm doing that's what i'm doing that's because that's what the kids want now they you know it's um it's such a small box it is it is a really low aggressive sports register and i have been doing it the same way from day one and it hasn't changed oh, at all what, it, a beautiful, I was, what a beautiful thing yeah it's i was just uh, so I think great. the first one i did was um nba live 1991 and and uh, now i'm doing you know out to 2028 or something and i'm like i'll be long gone and this thing will be going on <laughs> Uh, it reminds me. Let's talk. Well, I'll talk a little bit about that on the other side about the whole AI thing. Uh, we're we're going to take another break. I'm talking to Breaking. Andrew. What's uh, taking uh, talking to Andrew Anthony, uh, voiceover king, Geico, EA Sports, among others. And you're listening to It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. Hey, how you doing? I'm Andrew Anthony. I have a. Uh I have a very strange job. For 30 years, I've been the voice of EA Sports. It's in the game. And one 15-minute call could save you 15% or more in car insurance. Geico. All right. So that's what I do. And uh, you're listening to It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. I had to read that because I've got the memory of a professional voiceover. First and probably most important is volume. EA Sports is not something to be delivered lightly. It is firm. It is aggressive. It is your guts hurtling through the air as you growl like a hungry dog on a T-bone. As an exercise, please turn to the person behind you and scream, I want your job, three times, just as loud as you can. The second most important thing is inflection. It is EA Sports, not 
EA Sports, not EA Sports, and sure as hell not EA Sports. There we go. There we go. That's what I would have done. That's exactly what I would have done. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearkening back to when actors had to go to audition rooms, and sometimes you'd he- sometimes you'd hear an actor in the other room, and you're like, "Well, I don't like that," or maybe I do like that. Maybe I should try that. Or sometimes yeah. you they'd go in and you wouldn't hear them, but they would when they were leaving, they'd throw their audition sides on the side, and you'd see how they'd mark it up, like they'd underline a certain yeah. word, like, "Oh my God, I didn't underline the. I should <laughs> underline the." Do that. I I should have made a lunch out of that. Yeah. You know, uh, Tim. When I first moved down here to the United States from Canada, and I still had a, a a pretty horrific Canadian accent, I would take all my scripts, and if it said if the word was O U T, yeah, I would change the U to a W because the Canadian wanted to say, "Well, I'm out here having fun with yeah. Tim Stack," and but with that, when I changed the U to a W, it made me say "out." That's so and, funny. Yeah, but, I had to do it because your brain, you're, you're already, you know, you're trying to get it right. You're a little nervous. Yeah. You're rambling away and you're and the Canadian pops up and people are just like, Ouch. it's like to an American. For some reason, Canadian is like a wrench to the side of a head. <laughs> oh, my God. They're so amused by it. you said that thing. You were out and about having a two four on the weekend. eh? that's so great i used to watch uh degrassi high with my kids they love degrassi high and i used to count the number of times i heard the word out like are you going to drake would say like don't are you going out um you know what that's it's good that you know that drake came off of degrassi yes he was a kid in the wheelchair on degrassi oh my kids love that show yeah. Degrassi. Um, so let's talk about, I wasn't even thinking of this until you brought it up, but or, or I brought it up in my brain. The, the AI thing and your yeah. voice, is that a thing you're concerned about at all? Do you think about that at all? You know, I have a, uh, I have a client that I'm the voice of called Jack FM. They're a radio. Oh yeah, sure. I know them. Yeah. You know, Jack. So yeah. I'm the voice of Jack down here. And, uh, and they need me every week. Their, their, their whole brand position is that they're very topical. When I read the snarky lines, the interstitial lines, it's right. always whatever's going on that week. But, you know, even I have to take a vacation or go back to Canada to see the geese every now and then. And uh, so they've had. <laughs> How me, are they doing? <laughs> yeah, the, the geese are still crapping all over golf oh, courses. Still Something shouldn't change. It's like, you can't look wrong at a Canada goose in Canada. It's, it would be like maiming an eagle down here. You just don't do it. Yeah. So they're doing fine. They're, they're doing, they're multiplying. Um, but they've had Jack FM uh, have signed me to this thing and I won't name the company, which is an AI generated version of my voice. So I had to sit in a studio for 10 hours and read the phone book basically and then this thing this software maps my voice and memorizes my intonation and inflection and volume and all right. of it and they can feed it lines and i guess the um i'm i'm sure a lot of actors and voiceovers are are worried about this but what i had to make sure of is that i have the they have to they have to go through me to use it basically yes that and that's what is coming out it didn't even dawn on me, and this is a yeah. more serious topic than we normally do. But uh, Justine Bateman, who was Jason Bateman's sister, used to be on yeah. Family Ties, very big in the union. And she put out a tweet that I saw that made so much sense about actors and AI. 
is that you what what's this what she's afraid of the studios are going to do is basically secure the actors sign off on using their voice but not paying them in other words yeah no we get to use your voice in the future and then they can tweak your voice and do whatever so that's a good thing that they have to come through you yeah you know i mean it's a it it, it is for people in my business it's been it's a constant challenge right you have a you have i would call it a unique talent only because very few people do it um do it to the level where they make an actual living um but but also i'll interrupt for one second it's working whatever you do is working yeah and those companies are making money which means that's that's why they're coming back to you the minute it's not making it's bye bye andrew who they don't you know yeah right but the um you know it at certain points of this crazy career that I've fallen into, the the um, the issues are different. Uh, I remember 15 years ago uh, having loads of uh, voiceover people that I knew about, and then suddenly um, advertisers and brands started using wanting stars. Yes. you know they were like, "They'll pay a million dollars or whatever it is." Yeah, I want Demi Moore to be the voice of Keds. I want you know, and they and I want George Clooney to be the voice of whatever George Clooney does when he's not being sensationally handsome. So for the uh, for the disembodied voices like me, we were like, oh God, now so they're they're they've cut away half of the available work to do because people want to know, people want to get the inside gag, like oh my God, that is George Clooney yes. for you know depend, john, adult john ham with mercedes it's just, right john ham with mercedes so there was that that cut into uh the normal little guy like me and the, and now it's going to be ai and everybody's going to be worried about it i heard tom tom hanks saying the other day he anticipates that long after he's shuffled off the mortal coil there will be a tom hanks movie that's released you right. know and and i'm I'm sure they'll they'll pay as a state or whatever they would, but who's going to negotiate that at that time? Right? Well, that's like, the, like, that's part of what this was about with the Screen Actors Guild, and it suddenly dawned on me because I know two people who make their livings in a loop group. You know, like they'll go in on a TV show or movie and they'll say things, you know, Dr. Kavanaugh, please report to emergency, Dr. Kavanaugh. You know, right. and that's that's a living. These people, they're yes. not getting rich, but they're making a living. They're getting health care. Right. And that could that job could easily disappear with AI if, if it, it hasn't already. It will disappear. Yeah, it will disappear. But somehow, otherwise, it it just I get I guess somebody said the other day it's like eh, we're in the coal business, you know it's like yeah. yes. you know it's just uh, the coal business went away and now this was talking about writers and I'm not yeah. sure I agree because I've seen some chat gbt scripts and they're not great you know maybe they'll get better they sort yeah. of have the the plot down but other there's no nuance whatsoever um, i'm hoping that it's that it's that nuance and that's it's that little uh, sizzle that you bring that keeps us in business just long enough yeah. right i don't know when ai is going to get that level of humanity the the wink and the nudge of it yes but i i'm sure it will eventually I'm sure it will. I don't know. Boy, I just, we're getting way off topic. I have all these pages. Look at this. And, and, but I just, you have done six minutes of research. Maybe, um, maybe six, but I just watched the other night. Do you remember the movie, the in-laws, Alan Arkin and Peter Falk? Yeah. I just watched it the other night. It's so 
brilliant. And it was like a 70s movie that I completely forgot about. Anyway, really worth it to watch it again. I'm just telling everybody that. But part of it is the nuance of performance. Right. And I don't think AI can create the nuance of performance. They might be able to get your voice, but the nuance, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Do you not imagine a time when an engineer is going to be able to push the sardonic button and the sarcastic button and the uh, throw a little sarcasm button? Yeah, that voice is going to do it all. It's going to do the exact same line. Come down to Chuck E. Cheese and get your Chuck E. Cheeseburger. But it's they're going to be able to say, you know, do it this way, right? Do Do it it sarcastically. That's so. We're all ultimately we're all replaceable, Tim. You know, but I hate to lose it to a machine but machine. I guess, you know uh although i was a big fan of the jetsons when i was a kid i have to admit i meet george jetson <laughs> boy elroy <laughs> uh, <laughs> um okay let's take a third break are we are we we can take a third break now and we'll come back i want i do want to talk about canada because i'm a big fan and i wanted to well we'll talk about that on the uh, we've talked a lot about canada already but I, I want to talk some more, um, and we'll talk some sports, too. Okay, I'm talking to Andrew Anthony, the voice of Geico and EA Sports and Jack FM. We just learned that. Uh, And you're listening to It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Tim Stack, and having been in show business for so long, I have a lot of really funny friends, and you can hear them all on It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. That's part of the Jeremiah Show. So listen. And yet you'd be surprised at what we've come across in our travels. For instance, the English version. Yeah, right then. EA Sports, right? The Middle Eastern version. Oh my God, EA Sports. The Canadian version. EA Sports, eh? The dyslexic version. A-E Sports. The punk version. (laughs) E-A. Ah, screw it. And the mime version. Very good, very good. Uh, talking to Andrew Anthony, the voice, that was EA Sports, but also the voice of Geico and, and other products. Um, so, Andrew, you, you've met, you're from Canada. I'm a big Canada fan. First of all, I'm one of those guys that thinks Canadian healthcare is good. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, but when I go up there to work on occasion, I'm always, the people there love it. They're all like, this is great. No, we love it. So, you anyway, know, we, um, well, I mean, the healthcare thing is a pretty uh, hot uh, political. Yeah, but thing. I don't get why because everybody I talk to up there says like, "No, it's great. We love it. We don't think about it." I'll give you. I'll give you the. the I'll give you a quick synopsis. My Canadian synopsis of healthcare, universal yeah, healthcare. Sure, I love it because everybody's got it. Nobody's in pain if they don't have to be every you know you don't have a neighbor that's bankrupt if they get like an ingrown toenail or something right. Right? on the other hand my god if something's <laughs> wrong with you and you have to wait six months to get it addressed i've got this uh terrible hemorrhoid yeah it's killing me every day you're on the list you in six months to talk about that hemorrhoid right you're like oh i gotta get to buffalo (laughs) and get this hemorrhoid looked at (laughs) and i have to walk which makes it even harder yeah Um, how did you become uh tim how did you become uh, a canadian aficionado well this is what i was going to talk about is uh, I mean, having gone up there to work, I went to Expo as a kid in 1967. Montreal. Yeah, with the uh, with the Boy Scouts. So that was a big trip for me to go anywhere yeah. out of Doylestown, Pennsylvania. So I remember that. 
But you know what really got me was SCTV. SCTV, oh. I became, I still watch it all the time, but I became yeah. just hooked on SCTV. And the fact that it came right. out of Canada, I was so impressed with. You know, it's, um, it's interesting you mention that because one of the things that, that uh, Canada does have going for it, other than universal health care, <laughs> um, and the tax burden of all that, yeah. um, is uh, a great uh, comedic learning ground up there. Like you look at, you look at whether, they're, whether they're still funny or not, because I find comedy to be something that is cyclical like it goes in waves you know but you've got jim carrey you've got mike myers you've got john candy rick moranis all yes. those all those guys that came through that system and and people always say to me why why are people so funny in canada <laughs> i'm like it's a defense mechanism you have to be it snows <laughs> it's like very cold and a half months a year yes right <laughs> the, you're the, indoors you got to do some bits yeah. yeah, we're the second biggest country on the planet. We got thirty-five. We only got thirty-five million people that all live within ten feet of the United States border. <laughs> but I, I do want you to know that we're building a snow wall to keep you guys out now, which is I nice. would. Well, yeah, a, a great history of uh, uh, fine comedians coming out of Canada. That's probably why you like it. You appreciate their work. But even going back when I was a kid, I'm remembering now because I you're younger. But back when I was a kid, everybody watched the Ed Sullivan Show. And there right. was a uh, there was a comedian comedy team that Ed Sullivan would always say he would bring out and he would always say, "Ladies and gentlemen from Canada," and I always I just remember that Wayne and Schuster and Wayne oh. and Schuster would come out and do bits, and my yeah. father laughed, which was that sort of like, "Whoa, Dad's laughing. That's good. Right. We we want to keep him laughing." Uh, instead of, you know, what it, he was actually a good dad. I'm not painting a bad picture. But um, anything, if, if the house was laughing, that was good. And it was Wayne and Schuster. But then in my teen years and later on, it became SCTV where I just watched those things all the time. I wanted yeah. to, I wrote to Second City out of college in Chicago. I don't know what I wrote because I said, hey, if I move to Chicago, can I take a class there at, at, at Second City? I'd really, I'd be willing to do that. And I just... And I get a letter back saying, no, we don't teach classes. Thank you anyway. And I found out later, like, no, they teach classes. <laughs> Just not to you. <laughs> Just not to me. <laughs> I don't know what I said in the letter, but I really wanted to be part of SCTV to the point where I did a, I did a movie, not a good movie, American Pie 3. Not a big oh, one. Oh, you didn't get one. You no, get I didn't one, get one. Didn't get two, didn't get two either. Those. I got three. Eugene got those. Yes, he did. And all when I worked with him on that, I know it was one of those, like, I'm surprised the AD didn't usher me away because I was one of those guys that just like, do you remember an STT? Do you remember Salute right. to the Hollywood Extras? And you played this guy. I was just like, yeah. he, he had no recollection. He was very nice. He was very polite. But I just, I'm one of those guys with SC, with SCTV, like when people come up to you and say like, do EA Sports, like I'm that yeah. guy with yeah. SCTV. You know how, um, you know, so you appreciated SCTV the same way I did. And it, and it, and it seemed, did it not seem to you sort of slapped together and, and, uh, it and was broken down. And that was part of its charm, right? And I uh, became later on another friend of ours, Barry Finero. I worked for Barry on a show that Barry did and was a writer, Bert Rich, who, Mert Rich, 
who wrote on the show. I, and again, I just pummeled him with questions. Yeah. But he talked about that. What exactly yeah. what you're saying? I interrupted. Go on. So the so the thing about um, shows like that on Canada, like you know, our our SCTV was was your Saturday Night Live. Yes. Right? But the difference in America is that when you guys are doing a project. It's actually going to make money and it's a big deal. Yeah. When you're in Canada, it's like there's no parents watching. You get to do whatever you want That's because funny. the expectation is four people in like Flin Flon, Manitoba are going to watch this. Right. So they sort of they give you the little bit of startup cash. You get all these great talent together, you know, and then like Eugene Levy. And then they just they just leave and you sort of like make it up as you're going along. It's yeah. a great training ground because it is not the it's not the big pool. It's not the major league as as funny as they are and everything. You know, you're making forty dollars a show. Right. There and wasn't the years. commercial pressure on those guys like yeah. to allow them to like explore that mo- those Martin Short monologues that they would do the ingmar right. bergman things and yeah. and and because i don't think they cared it's like well we don't know if the network's gonna like this we don't care we're doing it anyway right. this makes us laugh you know i've always felt like canadian comedy is a hybrid uh between like british and american comedy yeah a lot of a lot of like our our political structure everything culturally we are sort of half in the uk boat and half in the uh, big brother to the south of us boat <laughs> i think i think schitt's creek is a perfect example of what you're saying right. because it's got the fun of like the wackiness of faulty towers but it's a little more grounded like american television i think that's right, exactly right. what you're we, saying yeah so uh now we're, we're let's stay on canada for a little bit because I, I'm a fan, I'm not a fan, like I don't watch them, but I feel for them, you being a Toronto Maple Leafs Oh God, here it comes. I almost feel like I'd rather be a crack addict than be a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. True, it's true. And I have a pain, I have a painful story to tell you here. Uh, And I can't believe I'm going to cop to this. I'm about to lose my Canadian citizenship. I have been a ma- born and raised in Toronto. Yeah. I have been a Maple Leafs fan for over 50 years. Uh, uh, when I was three years old, they won their last Stanley Cup. And of course, I thought this was going to happen every year. Yeah. And it has been, we are now uh, like the Cubs or, you know, or the, with the Sox. We are into our 57th, uh, 57th year of futility. Yeah. And um, I love that game. It's my favorite sport to watch, and I am—I'm one of those fans that's at the point where I may pick a new team. Oh my! I can't believe I'm. We're not on that. in Canada. Don't worry. I can't. We're not. We're good. Eh? We're you totally say good. Eh? I, um, I understand you know, I, that. I, wanna, I like. I want uh, the least come to the least come and play in California a couple of times a year. Yeah. It's not really. And, and I'm not a huge fan of the L.A. hockey teams, but I do like the Golden Knights. I like them, too. Mostly because they're in Vegas. And if I told my wife, I'm just going to see a <laughs> hockey game, and it was in Vegas, that wouldn't be such a bad thing. Right. I, I like the jersey. I like their kits, as the English say. I love the kit. Yeah. The jersey, right? <clears throat> they've been in the league for about five minutes, and they've been to the Stanley Cup finals like three times. Right. My least have not won my lease won their first they won their first playoff round since 2004 this year right <laughs> and, and it was pulling teeth getting that Florida. 
Yeah, I just, I feel so because I just know how much, and the same thing with Montreal, but they've won more recently. It means so much. I mean, it's, it's the, uh, to me, the comparison, you said it, the Cubs and the Red Sox with baseball win those cities, they finally won. So I just feel for you, like. And I really want them to win just as like, and that's why when the Arga, when the uh, Raptors won and Toronto's going crazy, I yeah. think they were really rooting for the Maple Leafs because it's like, yeah. ah, basketball, yeah, we like it, It's a, but it's a championship. Like, it was when, the, when quanti- the Flyers won. Could, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, if I could quantify it, I would say that I would give five World Series for one Stanley Cup. Yeah. I'd probably give 20 NBA titles for one Stanley Cup. Absolutely. I'd give up a lot. No, it's it's when the Flyers won the Stanley Cup in 74. 74-75. Yeah. 74-75, yeah. Nobody – there were people, like, rioting in the streets. They had never even seen a hockey game. But no. the fact that there was a championship in Philadelphia, that's all they needed. It was just yeah. – well, it's a great opportunity, uh, you know, to just to set a car on fire, too. <laughs> well, that's always so. in Philly. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Ugh. Anyway, uh, uh, sadly, our time is up. This was really great. I, we, oh. Will you come back? Because look at this. I don't have to do I'd any more research. No, and there's, I mean, there's a lot more. I didn't put in my, like, this, you know, my criminal record. Oh. I didn't do any of that. That's so. a third show. That's a third show. I've enjoyed my time here with you, Tim Stack. Thank you know, you, when sir. I first met you, yeah. before I met you, people said, oh, you got to meet my friend Tim Stack. And your name sounds so butch. Yes. And I had I had an image of what you were going to look like. I was a black guy on a Harley. You're not that guy. <laughs> yeah, you're a black guy on a Harley. Yeah, it does my accounting. Yeah. Great. <laughs> That's who I am. Uh, I'll see you in the neighborhood. I know where I'll see you. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Really great. Thanks. Talking to Andrew Anthony, the voice of uh, Geico and and EA Sports, among other things. You've been listening to It's Radio TV's Tim Stack. Check me out on Twitter, at TV's Tim Stack. And please watch the show Sprung on Amazon Freebie. I will see you next time. Andrew, thank you again. Cheers. No problem, Pop. As always, a big thanks to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 